0: listening to or watching our Wednesday Zoom Bible study right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. My name is Pastor Michael Etan, and I want to welcome you to tonight, this evening, this morning, this afternoon study, whatever time you're tuning into. And as always, before we get into our study, I want to take this opportunity to extend the personal invitation for those who may not have a church home. Perhaps you've just given your life to Jesus Christ over television, radio, or listening on uh, social media. And you're in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, Garvin County, and you do not have a church home. Uh, Someone else from the Bethlehem Baptist Church may have been encouraging you to come. I wanna extend this personal invitation from the pastor. My name is Pastor Michael Etan. Uh, for you to visit uh, the Bethlehem Baptist Church this coming Sunday at the 11 a.m. service. Our address is 311 North Dunbar. Again, our address is 311 North Dunbar right here in the heart of Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. And before you visit us, why don't you go ahead and visit our website at hearGodsWord at Bethlehem.com, all spelled out. You can see it here on the screen I hear God's word at bethlehem.com. Get to know us. Scroll down to the bottom of the page there. Click the Facebook tab, the Instagram tab, the Twitter tab, the LinkedIn tab, and follow or friend us in what I call Cyber Church. We'd love for you to be a part of our Cyber Church family. But ultimately, we want to see you right here at 311 North Dunbar this Sunday at the 11 a.m. service. Bring a family member or friend. Uh, to join us better yet why don't you come at 10 a.m for Sunday school uh, but we would love to see your face in this place right here at Bethlehem Baptist Church in Paul's Valley Oklahoma for you first timers uh, this Zoom Bible study is meant to be from 6 p.m to 6:40 p.m however we allow the spirit to move as he would over my shoulder is what's going to go on we're going to have the opening prayer announcements the reading of the word itself an introduction video the bible study itself the invitation and the benediction so let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer father we thank you once again for this opportunity to open up your word father and even as we open up your word we pray that you will open up our hearts to be doers of word and not just hearers. so father we ask you to forgive us of our sins wash us and cleanse us that we might be in right fellowship with you that we might be in right relationship with you that we may tonight this morning this evening this afternoon hear a word from the lord father speak now by the power of your holy spirit for your people need to hear from you father not to hear from a preacher but to hear from god allow the holy spirit man of your word to fall upon all who are watching or listening at the sound of my voice in jesus name amen and praise the lord amen and praise the lord bethlehem you know we have began to fast and pray on fridays from 8 a.m to 8 p.m jesus said that my house shall be called a house of prayer and we want to make this place what jesus said it should be Um, so when i sent out the pastor's text i want you to pray over those prayers all week long and began to fast and pray on Fridays from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. in Jesus' name. Uh, Because we here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church believe in the power of prayer. And while you're praying, Bethlehem, it is our goal to reach more in 2024, and we're fasting and praying that god would add 25 new families whether they're a family of one or family of four 25 new families baptizing uh 15 new believers and we're praying for soul salvation those who go down in the water and come up to walk in newness of life to be a part of the body of christ right here and to grow up in the things of god true soul salvation in jesus name so we're fasting and praying on fridays from 8 a.m to 8 p.m that god would hear our prayers to reach more in 2024 in jesus name we also ask you to pray for our television ministry, A Word from the Lord, which is heard on the now television network at 5.30 Eastern Standard Time a.m. on Sundays. Uh, continue to fast and pray for that and everything that comes with that, the book, ministry of the ministry. I have written several books and all of my books go to support uh, Word from the Lord TV and to keep us on the air and also uh, asking you to fast and pray for the First Lady's Minister's Wives and Widows Conference, part of our ministry, a magnificent ministry that was born right out of the Bethlehem Baptist Church. So we want you to fast and pray in jesus name Bethlehem and saints of god uh, announcement from our district this coming sunday at 3 p.m at the mount zion baptist church there in Ardmore, oklahoma we're going to have our annual women and white program our annual women right program remember uh, church registration is fifty dollars and pastors and spouses and ministers ten dollar registration but we look forward to joining us there again this sunday at 3 p.m at the malzine Baptist church arkansas oklahoma at our annual women and white service before we get into uh the series uh one last and final announcement and that's uh what we're just so elated about is sister etan's uh, president Lifetime Achievement Award um, that she will be receiving on April 7th, 2024, there in Houston, Texas. We are so excited about that. And if you'd like to be a part of that gala award service, uh, we still have room at the table. And if you'd like to be a part of that, see myself or sister Eton and she will give you, The details about that. And also, Bethlehem, we want you to pray fast and pray about this uh, because we want God to be glorified with and in this award, and we want him to use it to uh, enable our ministry to go even further uh, by such a recognition. And I believe God has blessed Sister Etan uh, for her work and a word from the Lord. And um, we're just glorifying God. But again, we're talking about tonight, Bethlehem and saints, God, the Corinthian's road to singleness, love, and marriage. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 18 says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside his body, but he who sins sexually or sins against his own body, And uh, tonight, um, and really throughout this month, this is the last message in the series, uh, we've been challenging Christians to be and to live out their singleness, love and marriage in a sexually pure state, uh, to do even in their love life, what God has called them to do, because many Christians leave God out of their love life but as I've said and preached and teach here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church may will be 17 years God is an all compassing God he's not like golden corral where you can pick and choose what you want to do but you've got to obey him in every element and access of your life You cannot compartmentalize God where you allow him to come in your house in the living room. Uh, But God says, uh, I'm not just to be in the living room, I'm, I'm to be in the bedroom as well. And the kitchen and every part of your life. And like I said, many Christians and many people in general fail in relationships and love and marriage and in their singleness. And God is challenging us as we are praying that God will enable us to reach more in 2024. We have to be a sanctified vessel where God can add new believers, where new believers can safely grow up in the things of God. And in other words, we have to be right to grow right. Woo! let me say that again we have to be right to grow right and many times the assault on our church is the way people are living outside of the church in their love relationships married folk cheating on one another single folk living together that's a bad witness especially for a small town so you can get away with a lot of that stuff in the big city where uh, people don't know and can't see what you're up to, but everything is out and in, in the open in a small town, and our church can have a bad witness because of the way that we live in our singleness, love, and marriage families, but God wants us to be the kind of church that he can add to it, and we must be holy, and we must be sanctified in Jesus' name, and uh, we've shared this series uh, all month long, and you can get the links in the pastor's uh, text uh, tonight, the Wednesday links that go out, or the Sunday links. And you can get all mp3 files of this message or video through the pastor's text. Gone are the days where you had to buy the DVD or the. Uh, cassettes and cds of the message you can get it right there and watch it right on your phone right here at the bethlehem baptist church and uh, tonight we're going to talk about the illusion of the sacrament the illusion of the sacrament and we're going to be looking at first corinthians chapter 7 verse 15 and 16 first corinthians chapter 7 verse 15 and 16 i'll read that in your hearing reads as following But if an unbeliever leaves, let it be so. The brother or sister is not bound in such circumstances. God has called us to live in peace. However, or how do you not? How do you know, wife, whether you will be, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband? whether you would save your wife. Let me read that again. First Corinthians chapter seven, verses 15 and 16. But if the unbeliever leaves, let it be so. The brother or the sister is not bound in such circumstances. God has caused us to live in peace, or called us to live in peace. And how do you know, wife, whether or not you will save your husband? And how do you know? Husband, whether you were saved, you're right. I read to you tonight, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 15, 16. May God only bless the doers of his magnificent and holy word in Jesus' name. Tonight, this evening, this morning, this, this afternoon, whatever time you're tuning in or watching or hearing, we're talking about the illusion of the sacrament we're going to talk on around three points: the Holy Spirit gives us utterance, the leaving of the unbeliever, the letting go of the unbeliever, and the lifeline of the unbeliever. Three points: the leaving of the unbeliever, the letting go of the unbeliever, and the lifeline of the unbeliever. And tonight, my thesis: is a one-word sentence or one sentence uh, what this message or this study is all about. If an unbeliever leaves their marriage to a believer, the Christian is not bound by their marriage. Let me say that again. If an unbeliever leaves their marriage to a believer, the Christian is not bound by their marriage. The Christian is not bound by their marriage. We're going to look at this video, and then we'll get into the Word.
1: This is the second way that people can be married to a non believer that you didn't start that way, but then somewhere along the marriage, one of you became a believer. So here's one admonition that comes from for husbands in Ephesians 5.25, in that famous passage that Paul gives, says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's an unconditional uh, uh, command in this sense. Your love for your wife isn't dependent on whether she deserves it or not, or whether she has earned it or not, because Christ died for us, the Bible tells us, while we were still sinners. And so your unbelieving wife You are to sacrificially love her like Christ loves the church as a testimony to her. Wives, similarly, in Ephesians 5, it says to submit to your husband. Now, he may not be a believer, but you still submit to him unless he wants you to do something that counters God. And that's true for believing spouses too. You're always, God is always your ultimate authority in your life. Now also though, in 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 1 and 2, Paul gives some or Peter gives something more direct. He says, "Likewise, wives be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct." So in a similar way, you are still being a respectful, godly wife giving testimony to the Christ that you claim as your Lord and Savior, and that's a testimony. So in both cases, what we would say to encourage you in that type of relationship, obviously you're praying for them, continue to pray for your spouse and for their salvation, and then live in such a way that you are exemplifying the Christ that has saved you, and you're loving them in that way. Not that you're perfect, but that you are exemplifying The fact that Christ has saved you and you have a different way of looking at the world. And one of that is to love your spouse, to love them unconditionally, to care for them and to reflect the love of Christ in
0: that. Amen and praise the Lord. And I've been saying all month long, uh, I just, I guess I just kind of fell in love with this map. And we like to look at the maps here at Bethlehem Baptist Church to let you know that this, what's going on in the Bible, are real people, real places, and it happened in a real time because we serve a real God. And As always, we always want to start where Jerusalem is. Right over here on the right side of the map down here is Jerusalem and Judah. And this is where it all started for us and Christianity and this part of here, what we call the Holy Land, what we call the Holy Land. I've been telling you that Christianity spread it all the way up here, Judah, Samaria, Galilee, all the way up to a place called Antioch. Christians became known as Christians in Antioch right up here and it's on the map you probably heard of tarsius that great apostle was from there and this is modern day turkey and many of the letters that we heard or we read in the bible galatia the book of galatians and ephesus the book of ephesians colossi the book of colossians and this is where uh, God's word began to spread throughout Turkey. And over here, Philippi, we get the book of Philippians. Thessalonica, uh, First Thessalonians, uh, get that book, and we come all the way down here to Corinth. Corinth, there in modern day Greece, it's Corinth, and we get those two magnificent letters and we're going through those uh one letter tonight and what i've described as doing some spiritual theological gymnastics in regards to relationships in the book that we're looking at tonight believing of the unbeliever this message is really a continuation of last Sunday's message. If you didn't get an opportunity to hear that message, you need to go back uh, because this is a continuation, really, of what we talked about Sunday. And the film that we looked at tonight was a continuation of, of the introduction video that we had Sunday. And we were dealing with the situation what I call real life issues in regards to relationships. And this real life issue in regards to relationship is that somehow a believer and an unbeliever are in a marriage. And the film Sunday, it says two ways that happen. Either you had a believer who did not stand on God's word, which tells us to not be equally yoked together with unbelievers and they just fell in love and they married that person they thought he was an angel or she was an angel and and now they're married to beelzebub as i was saying sunday or jezebel and they're in a very difficult marriage so they could have gotten in that situation by disobeying the word of god or being ignorant of the word of god and Like they say on the freeway, ignorance is no excuse of the law, and that's why we got to get in this book and study this word, because this word is to help us to live our lives. Let me say that again. I was going down 35, and the speed limit dropped to 55, and I got caught by the troopers. And I said, well, Mr. Trooper, uh, I didn't see the sign where it were it changed from 75 to 55 and the truth will say and let you know that ignorance is no excuse for not knowing the law and if we can accept on the freeways uh, that ignorance is no excuse then surely as christians we need to get into this word and study the word because we've got to live by the word it should be like food to us you know my wife kit cooks me uh us breakfast almost every day of the week um but i let her know many times hey that i eat more on a daily basis whether she's cooking it or not i get three meals a day (laughs) yeah 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 i'm gonna get whether she cooks it or not whether she's here or not um because my ignorance of not knowing how to cook is not stopping me of getting fed on a daily basis hello somebody so Christians must study the word and if you and and many times they are ignorant in this area of love and marriage and the word of God because really many preachers don't talk about it that's why the Bible challenges us to, to to uh, preach the whole counsel of the word of God, because this area of love, uh, marriage, and singleness is uh, at the forefront of how most of us are living in our world today, in our church today. Most churches are filled with majority single people, because in our households, as I've said throughout the series, 70% of our homes don't have a marriage in it. And many times you ask and see, in our marriages today, in our church today, you ask folks to stand up, you 18 to 35, single stand up, if you're uh, unmarried is the best way to identify them because there's some single folk who think they're married because think they're in a committed relationship and living with folk you got to say the unmarried to for them to get to see if you're not married the bible says you're unmarried and it only uh, identifies these two type of people the only other distinguisher is a widow and widower with someone who was married but lost a mate. And uh, most people in our churches are living in either the unmarried state or the marriage state and we say nothing, I teach them nothing about it. And then in our churches, sometimes this kind of marriage happened because the Christian was ignorant of the law, didn't understand the law, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers and they find themselves in a relationship where they want to get out and they believe that God wouldn't want them in this kind of relationship and that's a lie from the pit of hell because God says there's no excuse for ignorance of the law you are ignorant enough to marry somebody unsaved now you've got to get some revelation and God says for you you've been looking at word for word from the Lord about this marriage And you believe that God wanted you to leave. And we learned Sunday that the Bible says, if an unbeliever is willing to live with you, man or woman, do not seek a divorce. Whoo, that's deep, that's deep. And that's opposite. That's why we got to be taught and got to get uh, revelation in our ignorance because you would think that God would not want you to stay married to somebody that's un. Believing, but God does want you to stay married to somebody unbelieving. Hello, somebody. And you would think that because He told you in the first place to not be equally yoked together with unbelievers. But our thoughts are not His thoughts, and His ways are not our ways. He gave you the option at first to not marry, told you not to marry somebody unseen in the first place, but you decided to do that either in rebellion or you're in this kind of relationship because you two were unsaved and one of you got saved and it turned your marriage upside down. Woo, got saved and it turned your marriage upside down. And surely you think, well, God wants me to be married too. No, God wants you to stay where you are. Hello, somebody. If that unbelieving person wants to stay with you, then you need to stay married, whether you married in ignorance or whether you got saved afterwards. If that unbeliever wants to stay with you, you must stay. And the Bible says, do not seek a divorce. Woo, that's deep, that's deep, that's deep. But then we take it. Remember, i telling you, we're doing some spiritual theological gymnastics, and that's some real serious gymnastics from unequally yoked to being yoked with the believer to be not unequally yoked. And then God says stay unequally yoked in marriage. Whoo, that's deep. That's spiritual gymnastics. And then we take another flip in this situation. And the flip, well, the spiritual theological gymnastics we're doing now is you have an unbeliever who wants to leave. That's what says in verse 15, where we are. But if the unbeliever leaves, let it be so. Wait a minute, Lord, you said to stay married. And you said, do not to seek a divorce if they're willing to stay, but things change when they leave that's what God is saying things do change that's why you have to know the word of God because there's some people who think they're bound and they're not there's some people who are bound who are not bound and are bound or vice versa the text says that if the unbelieving leave if the unbeliever leaves let it be so Uh, this is that theological song or theological uh principle of the song i think i better let it go i think i shared that in california looks like another love tko <laughs> god says in this situation to let it go to let it be so Woo! that's deep that's that spiritual theological gymnastics you got to know the word for yourself. because Somebody got a question, say, I'm married and my mate left. What, what do I do? They left. And the Bible says, let it be so. And I, I have to go back and forth in these gymnastics and, and let you know what we were talking about before to let you know what happened now. So uh, in 1 Corinthians 7 and 10 and 11 says to the marriage, to the married, I give this command, not I, but the Lord. The wife must not separate from her husband, but if if she does, she must remain unmarried, or else be reconciled to her husband. And a husband must not divorce his wife. And we told you about it. This is so deep; I really can't get back into it. But what you will see is God is pressing not to divorce. God is pressing not. To separate, he doesn't, and, and 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 he's talking to believers here. This is believers he's talking to, and do not get a divorce. That's what God says. You got to know these spiritual gymnastics. God, two married folk God says for you not to get a divorce, but there is an option for. And I think that if you've gotten a difficult marriage, abusive marriage, someone's beating the woman has a right or can make the decision to leave, but even in that, it says, or else be reconciled to your husband, which I I tell folk all the time, they're in that kind of relationship, you can leave. And you're leaving, nine times out of 10, that other person's gonna finally move on with their life and give you a legitimate, uh, reason for divorce and that's adultery and it may take one two three five years but you stay separated or else be reconciled to your husband now that's especially when it comes to the abusive situation the person must have shown true evidence to have changed sought counseling to become a better person to where they won't be abusive Physically abusive is our concern, this matter. But God hates divorce. Let me say that again. God hates divorce because what happens to usually women and children, when divorce happens in in our culture, in our society today, it shows that you will fall below the poverty line in this culture at this time, uh, they would be, uh even below what we call the poverty line because uh, back then women didn't have careers for the most part it was the husband that would provide for the family talking about the illusion of the sacrament we see in this text tonight the unbeliever decides to leave point number two we talked about the leaving of the unbeliever now the letting go of the unbeliever says right here in the text It's coming straight from the text we got to come straight from the text because this could be very controversial in some areas or for some people Uh, the brother or sister is not bound in such circumstance is not bound to what if you don't know the circumstances or if you don't know the text and context because many people say that the only reason, and I preach this for the most part too, the only reason for divorce is adultery. And I I do that and I teach that all the time, but Paul here says, and you'll hear this said, that abandonment, is a reason for divorce whoo let me say it again because this is very controversial so much so that i don't even touch this but when i get to a text i have to ex 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 exegete it as the best that i see it and right here now this is a context for the abandonment because remember i just shared the text where if a woman leaves her husband she needs to uh uh stay unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. That's two Christians. That's why you got to know this word for yourself. That's two Christians, and that's why we say that the only reason for divorce for Christians, two Christians, is the only reason is adultery. And we say that that's an option. That's not even a command, it's an option, and 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 and, and and the disciples of God teaches through his word, that's only because of the hardness of our heart, but God wanted them to stay together forever. But right here in the context of a married uh, Christian and an unmarried Christian, someone who's married to somebody's unmarried and they decide to leave, Paul says, the brother or sister is not bound in such, in such circumstance. Bound, what is the abounding in such circumstance? It's the context that we're talking about. And that was what we learned from Sunday was a unbeliever married to a believer. So Paul says here, brother and sister, it's not, you're not bound in such circumstances, which means For this situation, there is another reason for a divorce, and that is what we call abandonment. But the abandonment has to be between somebody that's saved and somebody that's not saved. That's why we don't teach this too often. That's why we gotta go to the whole counsel of the word of God. The leaving of the unbeliever and the letting go can let them go if they abandon you have an option for divorce Woo! that's deep that's deep that's deep and many times we don't teach this but we should because most of the time in our context it's just two believers but we think it's just two believers but this is a reason for a divorce for somebody who's married to an unbeliever, if that unbeliever decides to leave, you're not bound in such circumstances. Woo! Abandonment. Hello, somebody. But again, once I said, let me say this again. This is between a believer and an unbeliever. And I just shared with you before. Went back where it says that the woman, the woman could leave, or if she does leave, to remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. Okay, don't seek a divorce. We started in this text with a unbeliever and a believer. God says, "Don't seek a a divorce." But then, if if the believer is willing to stay, and we're gonna see why he says this in the last point. But then he says, uh, "Let it go." But if a believer leaves, let it be so. A brother or a sister is not bound in such circumstances Woo! and it's that letting go ministry or theology in jesus name and, then, and like i said i got to flip back uh to where we came from to kind of get the context because like i said boy this is theological gymnastics you got to pay attention to what's going on in the text or, or and you got to not be ignorant of the text and, and this is we have a flashback uh, to First Corinthians chapter 7, verse uh, 12 through 13. To the rest I say, I, not the Lord, if any brother has a wife who is not a believer, this is what I was just telling you, and she's willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. Ain't that what I just said? Verse 13, if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he's willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. I just said it. You don't have a reason for a divorce, even in this situation. If the unbeliever wants to live with you, then there's no reason for divorce. And then we take a theological flip. As I said, we're doing a theological gymnastics and we flip and the situation changed. And when the situation changed where that unbeliever wants to leave, God says, let it go. You're not held bound in that circumstances anymore because they let it go. And that is really the second, the only second reason for divorce. And it's not between two believers. Again, it's for a unbeliever and a believer. And that is abandonment that is abandonment, but you cannot, you see in this text, you cannot abandon them. That's what Christians like to do. They like to abandon the maid, they abandon it. I'm talking about two believers, along alone a Christian marriage to an unbelief, they wanna abandon the word of God and live their own lives. But God holds us in the place, especially in marriage for two reasons. I like to say a third reason too, uh for the voice, and that's death and naturally you don't have to file for the voice and i like to say in our day and time a natural death because some christian folk want to help god out because they're in such a religious environment it would become uh such an out and out scandal or they feel so embarrassed that they would rather the person to die than to go through a scandal, which is very selfish and satanic. And I like to say a natural death. Of course, you don't have to file for divorce, but you're not held. That's what we address widows. When your mate passes, God don't expect you to stay a widow or a widower if, again, situation it's circumstantial, if you are young for the most part and you have those kind of urges sexual urges god expects you to get remarried so this whole text is this theological flips and turns um but god has them staying in that marriage because of evangelism want them to stay in this marriage because of evangelism we kind of touched on that this last Sunday, and uh, he's uh, finishing his argument tonight as he flips once again in our last point, as we talk about the illusion of the sacrament, should be the erosion of the sacrament. The lifeline of a believer. God wants you to stay married to someone who's unbelievers, willing to stay married to you because of evangelism it says in verse 16 uh who do uh who or how do you know wife whether you will save your husband and or how do you know husband whether you will save your wife that's why he wants you and and that's what christianity hope the whole christian life is about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and and, and God is saying if you stay there and you treat them the godly and the holy way, there's a significant chance that they will be saved if you apply the word of God in your life as we talked about on Sunday if you be a witness and and really a religious person is not a great witness because the religious person will uh beat the unbeliever over the head with the bible and and become an out and out uh horror to that unbeliever uh but the, the word of god says that the woman should be of a quiet and gentle spirit and treat that man uh with uh respect because that's what the word of god says that a woman should do with her husband and vice versa her husband should love her unconditionally you got saved don't get religious and see all that she's not doing right you have to love her past her sins past all of that stuff that could, could probably cause you to cringe you got married and God changed your your life and you stopped smoking you stopped drinking you stopped cursing and she may be still doing that and this is a great way to love her as Christ loved the church and don't uh, be nagging her about all the stuff you see that she's doing wrong hello somebody she's not saved but you are, act like it, woo! Act like you say, man of God, act like you say, woman of God, because if you can apply God's love and respect in your marriage, the Bible says, uh, how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husbands? There's been great testimonies about uh, how this happens, or how do you know, husband, whether or not save your wives and parenthetically for you single people don't you go ahead and marry somebody that's unsaved and and try to be a single (laughs) evangelism single evangelist (laughs) no only married folk get to do that because it happened that way either they disobeyed the word of God or one got saved when they both were unsaved it doesn't say for you daters you singles who date to be a missionary and dating because some single people do that they want to find a good person and there's a lot of good people out there that appear good in your eyes but there's only one thing about it god said there's none righteous no not one the only uh, the only way someone can be good and righteous is to accept jesus christ as their lord and savior so i don't care how many good uh attributes you see in that unsaved person God says do not be unequally yoked together with a unbeliever hello somebody so stop trying uh to missionary date and that's the problem some of y'all get home get uh get that on the way home where you already home probably stop trying to missionary date and that's what they do. They 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 try to get them saved, and they end up in that sexual position, trying to say, "No, that's a lie from the pit of hell." If they're not saved, you gotta let them go. Before, hello, somebody, in Jesus' name, don't try the missionary date. Hello, somebody, that person is unrighteous, ungodly, because they do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior, and you've got to let them go. But you're gonna put yourself in a situation where you're gonna catch hell for your sins. And you can, there's a, a, whoo. you don't really wanna catch hell in this way because this person would then be in your household. You will literally be sleeping with the enemy. And that's why these kind of marriages are so difficult But even if you are there today, God says you don't have a reason for divorce, especially if they don't want to leave. So you got to treat them with godly respect, godly submission, godly kindness, godly love in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Because you could be a a lifeline You find yourself in that situation today. You could be a lifeline to the unbeliever they could get saved. And that's what Christianity is all about. And that's where it's, that's where it all, evangelism starts first at home. Even with married couples who are same, uh, who are married and, and were Christians uh, at the beginning. And then you start having children. Uh, that's the goal, your children be saved. Hello sometimes. That you raise a safe household and then and, and salvation go through your family first and then your neighbors and then the community and and this kind of salvation affects the church you bring them to church you are a lifeline to unbelievers in the way that a husband must treat your unbelieving wife you got to go into the marketplace into where you work and you've got to treat people with godly kindness and godly love because who knows whether they'll see your godly behavior and get saved there at work or in the community and jesus now don't you know that you are a lifeline to unbelievers in your household a lifeline to unbelievers In the next house over, in the house over, or the apartment over, or the condo over, or the mansion over. Don't you know you are a lifeline to unbelievers, but you've got to be living the life of a believer. Let me say it again. You're a lifeline to unbelievers, but you've got to be living the life of a believer. Because who knows whether they will be saved. Whether you save your husband, whether you save your wife, whether you save your neighbor, whether you save your coworker. You may be putting this stuff out on the internet. There's somebody's listening, and this can be a powerful tool. Everywhere I go, someone says they see me as we do these uh, television or internet ministries. Who knows whether that count of the 15, Believers being baptized will come from your own household. In Jesus' name, Bethlehem, I I was out of time seven minutes ago. So let me go ahead and close Um, the illusion or erosion of the sacrament. And uh, before we leave tonight, we always like to, because who knows, to share the gospel who knows whether the person looking or listening at the sound of my voice will accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life who knows whether somebody's listening at the sound of my voice believe that Jesus Christ was God's only son that He died for your sins, was buried and raised again on the third day. So that today, this moment, this hour, this second, that you can be saved by praying a simple but profound and life changing prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. This is a prayer for you. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you did die for my sins. I believe that you were buried. And I believe that you will raised again on the third day so that today I may be saved. I give my will over to you. I give my life. I give my mind, heart, soul, and might all over to you. That as a result of me praying this prayer, that I might walk in newness of life, that I might be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Amen. And pray to the Lord, if you pray that prayer for the first time. If you're anywhere near Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. You've been born into the body of Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. If you prayed that prayer for the first time. We wanna see you this coming Sunday. And after the service, I need you to come down. Let me know that you have prayed that prayer and we need to set up a time for you to get baptized. We've been praying God will send us 15 new converts uh, to be baptized in the body of Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church and become uh, new members of the body of Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. And also tonight, you may be concerned about a prayer for a loved one who may be in this kind of marriage. I mean, these kinds of marriages, believe an unbeliever can be very difficult. You need to pray. You may be in that marriage. Say, preacher, pray for me in my marriage. Or you may be married to two Christians, but one is mature and one is immature. And it has the same kind of dynamics. You say, preacher, hey, pray for me and our marriage you may be rededicated tonight somebody's listened and you were wanting to leave because you were married to an unbeliever but you got your word tonight and god says stay and you need to rededicate your heart or maybe you got your word tonight and god says that you are free and you need to rededicate recalibrate your life to move forward from this point on Somebody else may have the decision to, as they're called to teach and preach the word of God, we'd love uh, for you to come down and let us know, and we will move forward with you uh, with your call. Once again, Bethlehem and Saints of God, we want to thank you for joining us tonight in our Wednesday Zoom Bible study. We're so glad that you have joined us. And if you pray that prayer for the first time, we want you to see you at 311 North Dunbar, right here in the heart of Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. Let me go ahead and give the benediction. As always, Bethlehem, we challenge you to stay connected. Stay connected to God. Stay connected to God's uh, precepts and stay connected to God's people. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify your holy name. We pray, Lord, that this word has gone out tonight in great clarity as we uh, were making so many theological uh, flips. We pray that your Holy Spirit has made it plain. Put your head to protection around us. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again. And the People of God said, amen, and praise the Lord. Bethlehem, you are dismissed in Jesus name.